Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network, brought to you by the one and only Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the MLB postseason, and we are just one week into the NHL season. Bet Online is your number one source for all your waging info up to the very minute of stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL, as well as college football, hockey, as I mentioned before, at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates and statistics. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on all of your favorites from hockey through the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get into the action. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Everyone, I am your host here on Casing the League, Casey Hudson, and I'm joined by a very special guest, Jeremy Roenick. You should know the name, former NHL player with an incredible 20 season under his belt. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. How's it going? I know you're running around. I'm running crazy, but it's all good, good stuff. I, I don't know about you, but I have a very, very bad case of FOMO. I got to be involved with everything. So yeah, but it's good to be with you. Yes, I, I do understand the FOMO case, and especially during the season, you're hopping on flights trying to be a part of all of the action. So speaking of action, one of the most important reasons I was stoked to talk to you was because there's a lot of interesting headlines circling around. Last night, the Lightning uh, closed out the road trip with another L, but during one of the intermissions, a conversation came about discussing Captain Steven Stamkos. He expressed his disappointment in on media day that there weren't contract extension conversations over the summer with Julian Brisois. Um, you're a player who's had a long extension, you know, you played with the Blackhawks for a long time, then you ended up getting traded. What's that feeling like? What do you think is translating through Stamkos' mind as players are getting extensions and he's waiting for a discussion at the end of a season coming off a milestone year? Well, it's terrible to tell you the truth. It's a terrible feeling. And I understand exactly how Steven is feeling, especially because of the kind of the situation that he's been put in over the last little while in terms of his contract stuff. You go back a few years when he signed his last contract and he did things that a lot of athletes don't do um, in this day and age. And that's take a sweetheart deal and a deal for the team to help create more space to bring on other players, to be able to sign other players and take less money than he was actually worth. Uh, that is a, that is a, a lost, a lost trait uh, these days in sports and because of that, he won two Stanley Cups. He's played more hockey than any other team in the National Hockey League in terms of how good their team was. Uh, and, and I think he needs to be noted for that. Um, he is the most liked player on that team, both in the locker room and in the community. I think he is, uh, he is one of the best captains. He's for sure a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think he deserves the respect of his team to say, Listen, we appreciate what you've done for the team. We appreciate the numbers that you've put up, the durability and the, what you've played through. And we also thank you for taking the hometown discount to allow this city to win a championship. And we're going to repay you for that. And we're going to say thank you for that. And the fact that they have not done that, I can totally understand Steven Samkos feeling a little bit disrespected and a little disappointed in Breeze Bois by not 
at least acknowledging that aspect. So whether that can be remedied or not, or whether he's not going to be a Tampa Bay Lightning player next year, still remains to be seen. But if that feeling in his mind, if that feeling in his mind is not fixed, I don't see him being with the Lightning next year. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, another thing that I kind of wanted to pick your brain on was say they do come to the table at the end of the season with a deal, a decent deal, but probably not what's going to fulfill his needs because they've already created so many extensions for other players. They're always under cap constraints. Is that, do you think that that kind of sways a player from wanting to stay in the same sweater for the rest of his career, even though he would have the chance to? Well, it's definitely going to make a, make it hard on that decision. Um, I think he is, um, he definitely has, he has the right to make that choice. I think he's put himself in that, in that uh, category. Um, it, this could, this, this could be getting to a place, uh, a point of no return for mm-hmm. Steven Samkos and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if I were Brisebois and, and I wanted to, save that relationship, I would be doing everything I can right now to make sure that that's saved. Because the closer he gets to free agency, the closer he gets to making the decision on how much money he wants to make and where he wants to play. And that does not bode well when you have a a, a tumultuous relationship with the GM. Yeah, I could only imagine. Now on a bit of a lighter note, of course, everyone loves talking about Connor McDavid. And yesterday he had an interesting goal. Um, maybe not the sexiest goal, but an interesting one. Goes, turns around the puck in the center of the ice, uh, does a little dance on his knees and still ends up executing. It was the Nashville Predators who are kind of in a rebuild. But you continue to see a guy who, when he wants to get the goal, he can get the goal. He's always leading the charge in the NHL. Is, are his talents kind of going to waste in Edmonton? I mean, they can put up the points, but they can't protect their net for the life of them. They make these runs to the playoffs, and then it's just always kind of uh, too much, you know, not enough time or not enough effort, not enough whatever. Yeah. Team, or not so. enough support. Not yeah. enough support. And he, yeah. does have, he does have Leon Dreisaitl, who is also an amazing player. So it's the one-two punch, which, which is amazing. But what's always been the problem with the Edmonton Oilers is, is, is their support system. Their second and third line have been – atrocious in terms of the offensive output um you're never going to win a championship with two until until they get somebody there sorry somebody's calling me until somebody until somebody gets there uh that fills up that second that third and fourth line like we've seen championship teams being made of last last year with the the Vegas Golden Knights, they had the best third and fourth lines in the league. They ended up winning. Tampa Bay, same situation with their third and fourth lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care how good Connor McDavid is. Uh, he can't win a championship by himself. And I will tell you, he is the greatest player that I have ever seen on two blades. Uh, he's the most talented. He's the most electrifying. He does things on skates that I, that I never even thought possible could happen at speeds that I never thought could be possible. So, um you know, that goal last night was a perfect example of how he can turn nothing into something. Now, I don't know where that Nashville defenseman was going while he just skated right by the puck and didn't even bother to get it, but um, Connor McDavid made him pay for it. And I look forward to that kind of play from Connor McDavid every single night because he brings you out of your seat. The problem is, is if their goaltender doesn't stop the puck or the defense uh, lapses or their second and third or the third line, second line doesn't support that first, those, those two guys and dry side on him. They're, they're, they can only go so far. 
Yeah. And I wonder if this would ever bring up the conversation of him needing to, you know, change sweaters to finally accomplish the goal of lifting a Stanley Cup. You played for 20 seasons. You know how hard that task is. You know, you've made it to the Stanley Cup final before and you've played with legends as well as the results that you posted yourself. Explain to me or kind of walk me through what kind of feeling that would be if Connor McDavid never set himself up for success with potentially a different team or didn't get the support from Edmonton. Well, one thing he he's not in that situation right now because he's still young, but he never he never does not want to be put in the position of being the best player ever to play without a cup. Right. And at some point, at some point, that pressure is going to is going to build on him, and he's going to have to make that decision that um, just being with one team and being loyal to one team is is not enough uh, for Connor McDavid. And it's not even about the money. I mean, you know, Edmonton's going to do as much as they can financially to keep him there as much as possible but at some point Connor mcdavid is going to be judged by whether he wins the stanley cup or not it's just that's just how you know how the how the game goes and how history goes um and he's going to have to make that decision and to tell you the truth um i i don't see edmonton winning a stanley cup in the few in the near future not having any support behind those guys uh, they're going to be good they're going to get close but whether they do win it or not um is is going to be the, de- the decision for him yeah absolutely agree and now kind of on the brink of this you've got a guy who has so much talent can't do it by himself question marks re- regarding his future because you can't go down as the best in history without lifting a cup but uh we're seeing a unique situation with Pierre-Luc Dubois where he's requested trades from his organizations to put himself in the best position possible and kind of enjoy his career you know he was a staple for the Blue Jackets he put up pretty big numbers with the Jets last season and now he's over with the LA Kings can you kind of talk to me about what that conversation would be like to request a trade and why it's so unique in hockey culture to say get me out of here I need to go where somewhere I can fit and actually feel good about my career. Well, one thing it doesn't do, it doesn't build a good reputation for yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. Not within the locker room and definitely not with your fan base. So at some point you, you have to come to terms with yourself that, Hey, listen, I'm going to play the best I can where I'm playing and then let the chips fall from there. Um, You know, I played every contract out that I signed. Um, I didn't ask to be traded one time. I didn't complain where I was one time. And I think that's important. When you sign a contract, you, you, you make a commitment to play for a team, that's where you play. And you give everything that you possibly can. And I think Pierre is in a situation where he didn't like the coach in Columbus. And he wanted out because he didn't, didn't like where he was. Um, and he made it verbal that he wanted out, which he did. It was the same in Winnipeg. And I just don't think you want that reputation of trying to dictate where you're playing before you create that image that you're worth and that you have walked the walk and talked the talk. You know what I mean? So I don't think Pierre-Luc Dubois has put himself in a position to be good enough or known to be good enough or to be a name in the National Hockey League to be where he can say where he's going or where he wants to go because right now I think the pressure now is on him big time because he's in one of the best cities to play in, in the national hockey league. I know this because I played for the Kings, one of the greatest places to live in Manhattan beach, one of the most posh, comfortable places to live where hockey is 
is easy because the media is not on him. The fans aren't going to be as on him as they would be as they were in Winnipeg. And he has the potential that he thinks that he should be treated at. And that becomes a very, very big uh, obstacle for him. And he's got a good team. LA's got a good, good support system, got a good coach, and they have a good GM and, and good support there. And if, if Pierre-Luc Dubois cannot play in L.A. and do it the right way in L.A., he's not going to do it anywhere. Yes, absolutely agree. Now, you mentioned something that I kind of want to dig into a little deeper. He had some issues with the coaches there. I know that there's sometimes some unique coaching situations. We saw one go down with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Spit and Chicklets being the one to kind of break the scene there as a player's podcast, protecting the players. What were your thoughts with that? And what was a unique experience that you had with a coach in your time in the NHL? You know, listen, coaches, coaches come and go, players come and go. And some guys get, get along well with coaches. And some guys don't like being yelled at. I, I was one of those guys who actually liked being yelled at. I, it, I responded more. It's, I didn't have to like the coach, um, but I played for the coach. Um, I didn't get along with everybody all the time. I didn't get along with, with Don Hay in, in Phoenix. Uh, I thought my relationship with, with Ken Hitchcock at times were very tumultuous. Uh, even though I think Ken Hitchcock is probably one of the smartest coaches and one of the, uh, one of the brightest hockey minds in the history of the game, but our personalities didn't, didn't gel whatsoever. Doesn't mean that I don't play hard for him. And I'm not certainly not going to request a trade because of him. Uh, or because of them, um, the coach is your coach, and you play you, you play to win for your city, and you play to win for the the crest that's on on your chest. You don't play for the name that's on the back. And sometimes it's 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 easy to kind of do things. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. How much has hockey changed from when you played to now? Between the fact that the the South of the states have now picked up and grown hockey culture wise you've got a lot more u.s players that are hitting the top of the charts as elite players um what's been the biggest difference from your years in the nhl to now um speed talent um i would say the uh the the body conditions being in shape players now are they're like machines um definitely not as there it's not as tough anymore it's not as physical anymore i don't think it's as uh as br- brutal as it used to be they don't um, hire enforcers anymore no no you don't need the enforcers anymore but um the talent is is overwhelming i think the the rules have changed a lot to allow the talented players to prosper whereas back in the the, the early 90s um it was more of a clutch and grab um, knock them down, drag them out uh, type of, you had to have thick skin when you played in the, early, in the late 80s, early 90s. I think I think thick skin is, is non-existent these days. I see that. Now, say you were 20 years old today and fresh into the league, maybe two years into the league. Would your position remain the same as when you entered in 1988 or would you be in a different position because of the technical grooming that you had? Uh, coming into I, I couldn't play in today's game. No, I, could, I couldn't play in today. I could, I could talent wise. I could speed wise. I could, um, uh, in hockey intellect wise, but I get suspended every week because of the way that I hit. Um, I hit people to, to hurt people. 
that's how I thought I hit to inflict pain and to have that, that roar of the crowd. Um, and a lot of times, sometimes you, you aim for the head. And in this day and age, you can't do that. And I, sometimes I would just get caught up in the moment and I would just, I would just hit to make an influence. And a lot of th times in today's game, that would end up in the suspension. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you'd be paying a lot of money back to the league. Is there possibly one player in the league whose game would translate closest to yours? No. Nope? Okay. I wasn't sure if you were going to go for a Ryan Reeves or... No. no. no but right. I, I think I, I scored more goals in one season than Ryan Reeves has in... in Probably two, in his career. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in two yeah. careers. In two careers. Um, okay. not, yeah. not to take anything away from Ryan Reeves because he's a tremendous, he's a tremendous player in what he does. He has a very difficult job to do, and he's respected immensely by his teammates. You can't take anything away from Ryan Reeves' job because it's very difficult. Um, but, I, I mean, I had 40, 42, 44 fights in the National Hockey League. Um, so I, I, I have done that aspect of the game, too. Um, yeah. I, you know, you say, is there a player in the game today that hits as hard as I did? As I did? that will fight as much as I did, that scored as many goals as I did, would make passes and assists like I did, that used the media like I did, um, was not afraid of embarrassing himself like I did. Um, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't see that. I don't see that in the game. And it's not saying, not boosting me. I'm, it's just a, it's just, I think it's an honest answer. Yeah, absolutely. The game is different. And as you said, the requirements are different. The character is different. And you were bred in a time and where... By the way, and by the way, also, I don't think, I don't think players today uh, embraced or treated the fans um, like I did or like yeah. I still do. Like I that still was do. a big thing for you was taking time for the fans no matter what. Uh, no matter how late, no matter what point of the game, before no the game, fans were important. Um, speaking of something that kind of might get blown out of proportion or not translate. There's a lot of conversation around Connor Bernard. I didn't want to bring him up, but of course him being an 18 year old kid that goes to the Blackhawks, you get drafted to the Blackhawks first and foremost. Um, do you think that there's too much hype going on, not letting him just live out his career and play hockey? And how can you kind of compare your experience coming into the organization to his? I do think there's too much hype. Now, granted, this kid deserves a lot of attention. There's no question. But there yeah. also be, there also can come a point where they're they're overblowing the attention and and putting too many high expectations on a kid who's 5'10", 175 pounds who just who's eighteen years old. Um, do I think he's going to be a superstar? Yes, hundred percent. Do I think he's great? Yes, hundred percent. Do I think he's Connor McDavid? Absolutely not. Um, can he catch Gretzky's record? If I if I had to guess right now, it would be probably ninety nine percent no. But then again, I never thought anybody could do it. Now Alex Ovechkin is knocking on the door. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Connor Bedard because he's awesome and he's fun to watch and he's on a great team and he's. I want to see this kid uh, be successful. But there's one thing that could stop someone like him being successful, and that's having too much pressure, maybe too much attention. And that pressure, uh, if he can't keep up with that, that expectation and that pressure that the media is putting on him, or maybe that the league is trying to create another superstar that is a money maker in the making, um, and they're doing it too fast. I worry about that. I'm a big Connor Bedard fan. I think he's awesome. I look forward to watching him, but I also, I also want him to have fun being a, a young rookie 
that can enjoy his growth. And I don't want the, the media to take that away from him. Yeah, absolutely. And his teammate, Taylor Hall, kind of spoke out for him, which I truly appreciated because I think that it just became overkill. You could tell that his mind was everywhere, but he was still able to produce. Now, the last thing I want to pick your brain on before I let you go, Jeremy, um, you broke barriers for U.S. players. You have 513 career goals. You've got thousand plus games under your belt and you did all of that sitting top five maybe even top three when it comes to U.S. players um is there a U.S. player that kind of stands out to you today between you know Austin Matthews the Kachuk's mm -hmm. Eichel who I think doesn't get enough credit or respect on his name then you got the Hughes brothers who's standing out to you that can continue to break barriers for U.S. players well I love I love watching Jack Hughes he's uh he he, he does have a lot of uh, he reminds me of myself a lot. He does. He is very, um, very charismatic and he's confident and he plays a very dynamic game. I think Austin Matthews is going to go down as the greatest American goal, goal scorer of all time. I, I truly believe he will break all records. He's that good. And Patrick Kane is going to go down as one of the top three best players uh, in U.S. history without question if he's not already there. So mm -hmm. those are the guys that I really um, are, are my heroes and um, I enjoy watching every single night. But um, I expect Matthews to score 60 this year and um, just be on the, a very, very fast pace to become the highest scoring American of all time because he will do that. Now say Matthews tops his numbers from last season. Do the Maple Leafs get past the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs this year finally? You know what? I'm smart enough to make a, to make a, make a prediction like that because – um, they have they have found a way to screw it up every year for the last twenty years. So, if you had to pick, I, pers I personally, yeah. I personally hope, I personally hope they do. But um, until they do that, it's going to be it, that's going to be the, the million dollar question. You had to make a decision right now. Who's your Stanley Cup champion team for the twenty three twenty four season? I'm going to go back with Vegas repeating, and if it's not Vegas, it'll be Colorado. Um, oh. I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I think Carolina has a chance to come out of the East. I think Toronto has a chance to come out of the East, but uh, I still think I still Vegas is the cream of the crops right now. I love it, Jeremy. Thank you so much for your time and joining me here on Casing the League on Believe Network, brought to you by Bet Online. Be sure to give Jeremy a follow as well as Casing the League and at the Sports Case. That's K A S E. And until next time, guys, I am your host Casey Hudson. This is Jeremy Renook, and join me next time on Casing the League. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.